and then we'll get on with this evening and wrap this session up. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for being God all by yourself. We thank you for the time of rest that you've given us, the time of business that you've given us, the time of praise and honor that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the fellowship. We thank you, Lord, for all the hands that prepared our food in the kitchen. They came early, stayed long, but when it was time to go, they said, you have to go somewhere. You can't stay in here. We thank you for all the persons who planned diligently for this retreat. But we don't want to miss the thanks unto you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Thank you for reigning and ruling and having your way. Thank you, Lord, for the journeys to the water, for the peaceful time, for the aching in our hearts, for the challenging of our spirits, for the stretching of our minds. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us and being the model of obedience. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your love, and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is an awesome God. All the time he is awesome and we've talked, we've journeyed, we've been challenged. The first night we looked at faith. He said, well, I don't think much about feeding 5,000 people. That's not my thing. But that's a miracle, and sometimes we forget what miracles look like because we've grown so accustomed to them. Then this afternoon we looked at what it means to be on a journey. We even unpacked our bags. Because for you see, in order to understand that the Lord's statement, I am the bread of life, we have to be willing to get real. You even have to understand that some of you, instead of chewing at the bread of life and going to God to solve your problems, you're looking for the Shipley Donuts location. Or maybe it's the cheesecake at the school, or maybe it's the other things that we're calling the bread of life, and we say, our breakfast is a breakfast of champions, chocolate donuts. And the spaghetti from last night, because that's our vegetable for the morning. <laughs> and then we say, well, I didn't get up for breakfast. And I know they always say, the nutritionists of the world say, eat breakfast, it's the most important meal. So let me just get a little candy bar. And we wonder why we're fatigued and why we're tired on this journey. And you walk up to somebody and say, how you doing? Oh, I'm so tired. Tired. You're sleepy and you just got up. It was interesting. I heard some people say, did you take a nap? I want you to think back when you were in a kindergarten and how the teacher had to fuss with you to take a nap. Would you get on your mat, darling? Lay down. It's only going to be an hour. Just fighting that sleep. I ain't tired. I ain't tired. All bewildered. The part of the spiritual journey is knowing that you need to rest. In the book of Matthew, Matthew talks about rest. Cast all your burdens unto the Lord and rest upon him. And you may say, well, you know, I'm too young to need that kind of rest. You know, I work well under stress and duress and five and a half hours. That's when I do my best work. 
I have to wait until it comes into my mind to get my paper done. I bleed the blood of Jesus over that spirit of procrastination right now and let it be canceled. Because it's not that Jesus is lax at the beginning, but we have a hard time in humanity for taking instructions. So tonight we're going to really kind of buckle down on this journey. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to look at a few strategies. And if tonight's message had to have a name, it would be called Miracle Moments and the Blessings I Need from God. Miracle Moments and the Blessings that I Need from God. Would someone turn to Jeremiah 29:11 in the Old Testament and stand and read? And then I need someone else to read John 6, 15 through 21. And then I need someone to go all the way to the tail end of the New Testament and read 3 John 2 until I say stop. Amen? Who has the Old Testament reading Jeremiah 29, 11? Stand boldly, please. Yes work together for the truth. So those are the things we're looking at. Jesus' plans for our lives, not being afraid to trust him, and even with the blessing that we receive, the blessing in truth. If you haven't had an opportunity to see the cross on the water when you come in, Stop by there and look at it. There's a little ramp that goes out just so far into the water. When I was walking this morning, I walked out and acted as though I was walking on the water. I kept my eye on the cross, but I got to a point where I felt like I was nervous. And then something said, just hold on to the side rail. Because God is protecting you. And I looked down and I was like, this is a rickety little thing. But do you love the Lord enough to walk all the way to the center and stand before the Lord and just say, Jesus, thank you for waking me up this morning. I got right to the edge and said, you know, I got to believe that this is what it had to have felt like to walk on water. I wasn't pretending to be Jesus. I wasn't trying to be Jesus. I was just trying to take in the awesomeness of the cross. But it's a long way from the edge of that walkway to the cross that sits and it's placed right there in the middle. And at dawn when it's getting ready to have the light go down a little and the light of the day is coming up, it's really interesting to look at that cross. It's almost like it has a shadow around it. It's an awesome visual. It's basically breathless. Tears began to come down the side of my face because I was listening to 
some music and the music basically says, what an awesome God we serve. One that died on the cross, rose from the dead, took away our sins, gave us freely grace and salvation, and is ready to love us each and every day. But I was standing out there on the water. I started to catch the handrail, but so many ducks had stopped by there, it was just a little too, too much for me. I said, hold me, God, I don't want to touch the handrail. I got a little nervous. He said, there's still space. Put your thing on there and hold on, sister, because, you know, the, I can protect you from everything that the ducks do and don't do. Don't get afraid. And as I continued to just stay there and meditate for a moment, a duck flew by. Felt like he was saying, excuse me, you in my spot, girl. This is where I hang out in the morning. What you doing here? But God equally created love for the duck, love for the insect, love for the birds, love for the human nature of who we are. There's enough love to go around. So the fact that the duck had a program this morning and I was interrupting, we kind of shared that moment. I don't normally talk to ducks. I don't have any prayer and meditation that says, I'm praying unto the duck, thus cometh from Jesus Christ. I don't have that meditation. So I really wasn't ready for the duck to... And I guess the duck said, look, I don't have any meditation for you, lady. Move on. But we shared the moment in the glory of the day because I neither made the sun come up, I neither am in charge of the beginning of the day, and at this part in the journey, I recognize that God's plans for my life are much better than the plans I made for myself. So I say to you, as we begin this next part of the process, expect to be stretched, but you have enough faith to make it through the journey. Who in here is a sophomore? Would a sophomore from each side come on down? Come on down. What, class, what year were y'all graduate? What year is that? You know, help me do the math. 2007? They said they're coming out in 2007. You know, for all the seniors, they're like, huh? I'll be doing other things by then. Don't play hate on them. You've been a sophomore. I give you these rubber bands. And I want you to give them to everybody who is a sophomore. Sophomore, raise your hand proudly. Y'all coming out in 207. Hey! Talk, with, talk to me. You coming on out. You're going to graduate. God has plans for you. As the sophomores get these, remember we had a moment with the seniors and the, and, and the freshmen this morning. So this time we're going to talk a little bit to the sophomores and the juniors. When you're coming, I've got something special for you. But everybody who's a sophomore, when you get your rubber band, do like this. When you get it in your finger, just stretch it out. Do it like that. 
I want you to recognize as a sophomore, God is getting ready to stretch you. He's getting ready to help you understand that his plans for your life are really true. And you're going to say, no, I'm sorry, I don't really want to do those. And you want the rubber band to go back to the normal size. You want to keep things as they were. You want to decide your own schedule. You don't want to do too much. You really only want to carry nine hours, but you're having to carry 12. And you only want your classes after 1 o'clock because there's things you need to do in the morning like sleep. Sophomores, Jesus is getting ready to stretch your life, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Keep this as a reminder that when your life gets stretched, your faith will still sustain you. Amen? Every sophomore has a rubber band. Go on and stretch it out. See how far to go. And recognize that it stretches pretty hard. But guess what? If you go too far, it'll break. That's what sometimes happens when we don't want to follow Jesus' plans. We get stretched beyond our imagination. So sophomores, keep the faith. You will graduate at some point. You will make a decision on that last part of the major, not based upon that last professor's class. Keep in front of you that you will graduate, and God has a plan for your life, even though you cannot seem to stick to the right major right now. There's life beyond the party, and just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can't have a good time. Amen? Give the sophomores a hand clap of praise. Anyone else who wants a rubber band because they feel like they're a junior or senior and they're getting a little stretch right now, there's some extras. Yeah. Juniors. Who's graduating in 206? You're almost there. I need a junior from each side. Juniors, raise your hand high. 2007 is come. Six is coming. Excuse me. I don't want to, I don't want you to stay in school another extra semester because of mix. I don't bleed that over you. If you open the envelope, juniors, you'll see there's an invitation of congratulations to your graduation. What you will do with this is write down all the information you know based on previous year's graduations, where it falls on the school calendar, go to the website, do whatever you need to do. Write down the date of your graduation. The side that's empty, you're going to write a note to yourself about your fears and your challenges, how challenging and tough it is. And then you're going to put it back in the envelope, seal it, put an address that you think you will be reachable in the next six to eight months. In the corner, don't put a return address. Put the class of 2006. And return it sealed to your Wesley Foundation leader. At some appointed time, with the healing and grace of God, these letters will be sent to you. We're not going to tell you the date, nor the moment, nor the hour. But it will be a blessing to you when you get your first 
graduation invitation to your own end graduation with a blessing from God saying, I will graduate. I'm going to follow this journey. I'm coming up out of here. I'm going to be all that God has called me to be. Pardon me? You're in August? Were you a senior or a junior? Baby, this is only for the juniors. It's not personal. <laughs> it's for the juniors. Because juniors are at that point where they made that decision. They committed to that major. It's getting tough. But they say, I'm coming up out of here. Come. What and what? Hell of high water. I'm coming up out of here. I'm coming up. I've got my internship done. I've checked everything the professor said. I've been to my advisor three times and I have everything signed off. Oh, yeah, I'm coming out May 2006. Okay? I'm coming out fully bound with the plans God has for my life. I'm coming out employable. I'm going to graduate school. I'm doing the things God has called me to do. But we're going to speak into your life. Allow God to bless you. This is not for me. This is for the moments when it gets tough. When it gets rough, you're in that last semester, you got five papers due on the same day. And you have that lab that you dropped in your sophomore year that you know you shouldn't have dropped. And now you're in your senior semester and you're taking a sophomore level course with a lab. But you've got to have it to graduate. And your parents keep saying, what is the day you're supposed to graduate? We'd like to put it on the family calendar. Give this to your Wesley Foundation. Seal it. Write in it what you need to. But I'm saying to you, when it comes back to you, it will be a full-time blessing. It will say things to you because only in the moment of reflection and a powerful time is this where the saints are all gathered and your spirits are collectively meshing one across the road that God hears our prayers, honors our challenges, and blesses our life. My question to you is do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want the plans that God has for your life? Will you walk by faith, not by sight? Will you stop pretending like you have everything in order? Will you come clean? Earlier, where's my baggage inspector from this afternoon? Can you come on down? I, we're going to proceed from where we were. Amen? And where were we going? We were going to California on my spiritual journey. Disneyland. So I'm back at the airport now. I'm going to Disneyland. And you see, I got a new song because my bag has been empty. I got my MP3 player. I got my music pumped in. I'm at the airport. Can you see it? They said, no bugs on my shoes. Everything's clear. Clear. I got my hat on. I'm ready for the journey. But no journey to Disney World is complete without your shade. Because it's hot. 
I want to be cool. I want to make this journey. I want to take a smooth step. And the inspector said, we need to check your bag. Y'all need to check my bag? No problem. You want me to put it on the table? Okay, great. I'm going to Disney World. Did you know I'm going to Disney World? I'm on a really great journey. And I get to talking to the people that are inspecting my bag. There's nothing in this bag? Well, are you sure? My, there's a pen. Because, see, I'm going to meet someone on this journey that I need to write their number down. God is going to give me a word that I want to put in my journal. There's nothing in there. It's clean. Can I pass? You see, I serve a risen Savior, and he's going to provide everything. So he told me to take this journey as an empty vessel. He said, I got this one. You don't need any particular clothes because I'm going to handle that. Because, see, you know, have to understand, I've clothed the grass. I've handled everything you need. And, no, I don't have any snacks, do I? I didn't carry any food or anything. Well, he said if I got hungry, he'd make a way for me. This is the only thing I've decided to carry. And um, you've already passed this box for me before, and I'm carrying just my word because I want to study up on the plane. And then, is it okay if I carry this on the plane? This is just a little sign from God. It's a cross with mustard seeds on it. You need to check the seeds? Feel free to check the seeds. It's all good. They're mustard seeds? They're good to go? By faith I can carry these with me? For sure. My faith is smaller than a mustard seed. It's all good. So I can keep this with me. So I've got my rubber band just in case I get a little stretched. You know, God's going to stretch me. And the last thing, I didn't have this in my bag, but this is a little anointing oil. And it's all a gladness. It's part of the spirit of joy. Can I share this with you? You know, I just want you to have the holiness upon you each and every day. That, you know, when things occur... I just want you to know that I want to share the love of Jesus Christ. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be anointed. Is it okay? You can rub it on your hands. It won't bite you. What the heck? Bury down in the anointing all from Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that this time I can get through the inspectors? And the inspectors are blessed. Because they can be anointed with your joy. It doesn't mean my life doesn't have any challenges. It doesn't mean I'm not going on and on. Need some more books? You know, anointed on the strange days of me, but you know what I mean? But all the inspectors in our lives begin to see that we're new creatures. We are new, we are transformed in the name of Jesus Christ. So the bottom line is we've got our music. We've got the songs in our heart. We've got the scriptures. We've got everything that God has sent forth. Now we're ready to move on our journey. Thank you, inspectors.
I'm willing to get on the plane. The last thing before the inspectors sit down, I have a, just a couple more little mustard seeds. If you've never seen mustard seeds, pass these back. Because the bottom line is, this is what our faith journey begins with. Just the size of a mustard seed. Pass that back, please. And you'll see on the postcards, that's sticky tape. And the seeds are tiny, 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 tiny little seeds. Scripture says that's the level of faith that's being nurtured in our lives. That's what we need. That level of faith to begin having what God said we could have in our lives. How's your plans? Your name is Jody. How's your plans for life? Not too heavy right now? You're a sophomore? Freshman. I'm praying for you, Jody. <laughs> It'll come clear soon. How's your plans in life, young man with the blue hat on? Pretty good? What year are you in? Sophomore. They get a little clearer as you go along the way. Any juniors? How's your plans? Pretty good? Are you making them or Jesus Christ making them? She said Jesus Christ, but sometimes as juniors, we make two plans, Jesus make one. We make two more, Jesus make one. We make five and he cancels them. So we do this rock and roll thing. Hey, I'm making a plan, he making a plan. And we just kind of go on down the lane. What happens sometimes with those plans is he gives us ideals. He gives us insight. He gives us newness in our heart. And we just run on. We don't check in with Jesus. I got the idea. I'm ready to go now, Jesus. Thank you very much. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I can do this by myself. I'll get back to you later. And then we hit the black hole. We over there hiding, holding on. Oh, my God. That wasn't exactly where you said go, Jesus. I went a little too far with the plan, huh? He said, you didn't hear part two. You really didn't listen to part one. But I love you and forgive you anyhow. That's where you get this big rush of grace. Not that it's not there all the time, but when we mess up and we ask God for forgiveness, that grace goes like a wave. Whoosh. It's like being at that ocean point. And Jesus says, I'm walking on the water. And the, the disciples are in the boat and they say, ooh, child, I'm afraid. I don't know about you, but I ain't never seen nothing like that. And uh, that walking on the water thing is a little too deep. If you think you know him, you go ahead and call his name. Hey, Jesus, is that you walking on the water? If we saw Jesus walking on the water, it would it would startle all of us so bad. We said, "What was that?" But it has to be a mighty experience to see Jesus coming to you, and you know you're in a boat, in a little teeny boat with a whole lot of people hanging out in the middle of the water, and Jesus rolls up on you. 
Hey, Drew, what's up? <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's only me. You got to be like, okay. If you say so, I'm okay. You okay? We good? But that's a miracle. Because they got to the other side. The water was calm. And life was good. Even though they had been afraid. So just like the first part we talked about faith, I shared with you some things about mustard seeds. But I asked you, are you ready to take the journey? That you will have miracles in your life. Blessings beyond your wildest imagination. Are you ready to make that kind of commitment? Are you ready to make that kind of covenant? And some of you will quietly say, I thought I already had made it. Yeah, you did. But are you flat-footed? Are you standing for Jesus? Are you marching up the hill? Are you walking through this journey? Or are you just standing there? I'm committed, Jesus. Work with me. I'm holding on. I'm out here in the water. I ain't going nowhere that you don't send me. And he says, go. And you say, oh, no, not, not there. I'm sure you I ain't going there. Can you give me another plan for my life? I'm standing flat, but I'm committed to you, Jesus. But how about someplace else? I was looking for Hawaii. And you said, go to Wisconsin. I don't like snow, Jesus. You know I don't like snow. I was looking for the sunshine, the blue skies, the Waikiki Beach. And you say, Wisconsin? That's the only place you got a job for me? Like yesterday, we used where? And you're standing in the same spot. Or some of us, our faith journey looks like this. We go up to the wall and we say, Tag, you it. Okay, Jesus. I'm waiting for my answer. Did you hear me, Jesus? Okay, let me tag you one more time. Tag your ear, Jesus. I'm waiting. And Jesus says, It's a journey, darling. Go with me. Stay the course. Walk it out. Love your life. It's not a game of tag. It's a journey of a thousand steps. It's a witness of your faith. It's a blessing, a favor upon you from Jesus Christ. Even when you say, I don't know how I made it through that one. And you've been a fool beyond a fool. Every phrase in Proverbs could substitute your name. Say, gosh, Jesus, you didn't have to go there. Wow. Or the preacher has a prayer call. And every time he has an altar call, your name is on the list. Say, wow, I thought I was doing better on my faith journey. But you're playing tag. Tag, you're it. And I challenge each of you that the faith of a mustard seed is enough. 
You may be wondering why I gave you those cards or passed them around so you could see what mustard seeds look like. When I graduated from high school, the oldest woman in my church gave me a white envelope for my graduation gift. It wasn't any special white envelope. It was one of the ones you get out of, you know, dollar store kind of thing. Everybody else was giving me Hallmark cards and big gifts and stuff, and this little lady walked up to me and said, Baby, this is what I have for you for graduation. I said, well, thank you very much. And, you know, my mother told me how to be polite, and I wanted to look at her and say, give me this little cheap-looking envelope. But you never know what's going to get in a little envelope. It was a lifetime gift. She was a senior citizen. She was almost 95 years old, and she gave me a $2 bill. She was a widow of a widow of a widow. I mean, she had been old when I first came to the church. But her wisdom was priceless. And on a three-by-five card, she had scotch tape, some mustard seeds. And she said, baby, because at that point, they really don't remember your name and everybody's name, baby. <laughs> and she said, baby, put this in your wallet where you put your dollar bills. Because when it gets tough, you need to have enough faith to get through. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And some of your treasures will be in your wallet. And I need you to know you got faith from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Financially, you'll never be without. But here's what I have for you, baby. I carried that card in my wallet. But I really, 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 really didn't get to understand it until I was at that transition point from college to the real world. Because, see, when you're in college and you're in that educational nurturing place where you get six weeks or so between spring break and holiday break and Thanksgiving break and whoever else break and work for the summer and try to get a nickel. I mean, you get these special holidays. So when I graduated, somebody said, what will you miss? I said, it's all in breaks. I had to work during those hours. How many weeks did you say I get on vacation? You get two weeks. If anybody hasn't told you, first job, you get two weeks of vacation. And most jobs, you had to work six months before you get enough time in to actually take that one day off. You'd be circling the seven holidays that the company has as corporate holidays and stuff. You'd be like, hello, when is the break coming? Where's the long weekend? They don't have President's Day or something. And I was packing my bags and I saw that card. And I realized that I needed the faith to step out on to become all God was calling me to be. Then the next time I ran across the card, I was moving to Houston, Texas, and, and I said to God, God, you know, if this thing ain't what I thought it was going to be, because, see, I was still operating in self-will run crazy. You know, I was still giving God some tips of what should happen in my life. And, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, I was wondering when we're going to get on the same page. He said, I've been on the same page all this time. 
I'm waiting for you. Oh, okay, God, thank you so much. And I ran across the card again. It was in an old wallet I hadn't carried in a while, but that's the one you keep your family pictures in just in case somebody wants to know who they are and everything. You know, that's where you keep also that old prom picture from the you know guy with the gold slipper and everything. Then you have to decide it's time to throw all some of that stuff out. You know, purge a little. It's in John. You know, I'm the vine, true vine. You know, prune a little bit and everything. But I saw the card and I had a tear running down my eye because I looked at it and it said, "Daggone, I haven't seen this wallet in a long time." But it was a broke down kind of wallet. It wasn't broke down because it had had a lot of money in it. It was simply broke down because I tried to look like I had, was carrying a lot of things. And, and in that season while that wallet had got broke down because I really signed up for too many credit cards. You know, I had a card for this and a card for that. Anybody who would give me a free card, I, I signed up for it. So the wallet looked like it was broke down. But it no longer had those cards. And, but it had that one card from that older woman. I moved to Port Arthur in June because I was appointed to St. Paul's as this senior pastor. And I had a chance to begin purging some things out of the house that I had lived in for eight years. And, and you have to really take what I'm saying. I expected God to not only to appoint me because I'm called by him, but I figured I would give him a little tip. Could you appoint me in Houston? Because I already got a house here and it really works for me. He said, but thank you very much. I've already got your appointment in mind and it won't be in Houston, and you need to get and go, boo. When I got the call and they said, you're moving to Port Arthur, Texas, I said, really? Okay. Let me talk with my husband. And really, I needed to talk with myself before I could talk to my husband because though I had committed in every meeting that they have with the district and the Board of Ordained Ministry, United Methodists, we are an itinerant system. And you've got to go where you've been called. So you two brothers that are waiting for your letter from DTS, you will walk your call out as a Methodist. Respect the fact that you will go where God say go. Get that in your heart now. Well, you know, I ran across that little postcard again, a little three-by-five card with just mustard seeds on them. But at the same time I ran across that card, I ran across a lot of my old plans, the person I thought I would become. And God said, I have greater plans for you, plans for you to prosper, plans for you to be all that I need you to be. You have an awesome set of gifts, and I need you to be, have, use them in the kingdom as I see fit, not the way you think they ought to look. So I rustled up my things, and as I was looking at that little card, I ran across the last card my dad sent me. My dad passed 10 years ago. And the card says, I will always love you. And it was in his handwriting, and it was for my birthday. And I hadn't seen it over the last 10 years because it was packed in junk on top of junk on top of junk, but it was in a nice closet. I didn't have to see it every day. That's what we do on this journey. We don't unpack. We just put it in a storage cabinet. So I say to you, at an early age, learn how to throw your stuff out. <laughs> Have faith, walk this journey, but clean up your stuff. Don't be a pack rat. You're neither starving to death or you won't have another joy that will come. 
throw some of that stuff out. Give it to somebody. Bless somebody. But don't keep carrying it because it'll weigh you down. Travel light. Keep your bag empty. Expect a miracle. Today is Saturday, February the 19th, 2005. Do you know that this is a miracle? Right here, sitting before us, is a living, breathing miracle. Because this is in the middle of Black History Month, and there was a time in our lives where we couldn't all sit together in the same room. We couldn't sing the same worship song. We couldn't talk to God in the way we've talked to him today. I wouldn't have been your presenter years to pass because I wasn't on the list. This is a miracle. You are part of God's uniting miracle plan. You can close your eyes and experience one true God. You can look across this way and pray with somebody you've never met and let them feel your passion for Jesus. That's where we're going on this journey. We're breaking down the strongholds of segregation. We're moving beyond all of these false walls of who we should be or how the word should come across. We're praising God and can hear a praise song that is universal because the God we serve is a God of great love. He's not a black and white, pink, orange, purple, under the table, round the corner kind of God. He's a God of all seasons. His love is universal and everlasting. I had an opportunity today to walk to the water with a young man, and in my earlier years, that wouldn't have happened. Because of my wall, because of his wall, because the walls of the world. But God has broken down the walls and given us an opportunity to experience Him in the fullness of life. And you're part of that. This is a miracle. Do you see yourself as a miracle? Do you feel the Spirit of the Holy Spirit reigning and ruling over your life? And so I say to you, on this night, Will you fill my bag? Will you fill my bag? Because that bag is our journey. That bag is our life. That bag is the newness of our faith journey. That bag is where we all cross and spend some time together. As I close and the last song is sung and the music is played, Take a card if you choose. Your faith journey depends on it. God is moving in a mighty way. He wants us to know, pass the cards back. What you are to write on that card is what God has put on your heart. Are you blessed and are you willing to bless somebody else? 
Are you ready for the miraculous power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to reign and rule and have their way in your life? Are you ready to commit? Put that in this bag. I will carry this bag away from here. I don't need to know your name. I don't need to know what school you go to. I just need to know you understand that the favor of God and the miracles are moving right now. Write a blessing that God is speaking into your heart that you know that that's a big gift to the world. Don't just say, I think I want to be a teacher. God, I want you to use me to educate the world. In a mighty way. Speak high blessings into the life. Because when I put them in here and I pray my daily prayer, I'm not going to look and say, oh, I think it was that girl from Prayer View that gave this to me. Or it was that one from Galveston that gave it to me. I'm just going to look at these. And every day, I'm going to pray these. I'm going to pray these blessings into the heavens. I'm going to proclaim the miracles of God all through this place. I may never see you. Or hear from you again. But I ask that the peace of God reign and rule on your life. I ask that your trust in God increase. I ask God to speak to your heart, to forgive one another. I ask God to challenge you to meet someone and pray with somebody that may not look just like you. I plead the blood of Jesus. Over each of you that says, I won't make assumptions about people based on a commercial I saw on TV. I'll take them for face value and say, God, why did our paths cross one another's path? And then finally I say to you, Jesus is the bread of life. Let him walk you into this journey.